0: Hey, everybody. Tom Block. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles. And thank you to Seminole Boosters for their support of this program. And more than that, their support of Florida State student-athletes. If you're listening to this show and you're not a booster, what are you doing? Support the program and the student-athletes you care about. All the information you need is online at boosters.fsu.edu. Your gift makes an impact. It supports scholarships and sports medicine, strength and conditioning, nutrition, equipment. Buy tickets. Show the student-athletes you care. All the info you need, boosters.fsu.edu.
1: And all the info you need this week, well, here's Front Row Knowles. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way.
0: Good day, everybody. Tom and KJ back with you. This is Front Row Knowles. I'm a little better rested than last time we talked. And the hangover from, not a literal hangover, but the hangover from the Saturday night game is
2: gone. So it's midweek and I'm feeling better. Keith, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I am doing well. I am getting uh, re energized. I'm processing some things. I'm comparing Wake. I'm comparing NC State. I'm comparing what I've seen of Clemson. And um, I'm getting re energized.
0: Good. Good. At your age, that's impressive. That's impressive. So what, <laughs> what have you figured out uh, now that you've reassessed all those things?
2: That as we talked after the NC State game, Florida State can play with anybody on their schedule. And this is a team that appears to understand and process work and that work leads to results. And their results are less than they have wanted and expected the last two weeks. And therefore, I believe they will put in the work and they will be ready come 730 on Saturday night. Doesn't mean they'll win, but it means that they'll be ready, even though Clemson comes in as one of the top five programs in the country. FSU hasn't beaten them in, what, seven years, eight years, however long it's been. Um, So I'm just re-energized. I'm excited to see how they respond.
0: I think they'll respond well. To Keith, because they this team likes each other, they work hard, they play for Norvell. I don't think any of that will be an issue. I think it's probably good that it's Clemson week this week. Because if anybody was going to get your attention after the disappointment of Saturday, probably better to have it be Clemson than some uh, one of your guarantee games, then, then Duquesne, for example, where you might Correct. not be totally focused getting ready for Duquesne. So, uh, all that is good. Clemson will be no easy task, obviously. The fact we're even having this conversation, Keith, compared to the conversations we've had last year, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, I would take that as a win. Would you agree?
2: Absolutely. To uh, use an overused phrase.
0: Yeah. So the the thing about it is, and this is sort of like officiating, Keith, that we talk about all the time. When, When you're the better team, you can overcome bad calls, drop passes, a holding call here, a sat. You can overcome those things if you're the better team. If if you're not the better team player for player, you're still a good team, but the margin for error is greatly reduced. And I think if you look at the first six games of the season, that in essence is what we're looking at, Keith. The margin of error has been reduced. And so you're battling against Wake Forest, whether you want to call it pressing or a guy is going up against somebody that's a little more physically talented than he is. You get a holding call or you get beat. Those things are going to happen when you when you play against teams that are of equal caliber or better, which is clearly the case with Clemson this week.
2: The buzzword these days, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you have to play a clean game, which means you can't have drops. You can't have pre-snap penalties. You can't have uh, your emotions get the better of you. You can't lose a 50-50 ball. You have to convert when the time comes for you to make a play. Uh, and Coach Norvell and the others on the coaching staff use that phrase all the time. You got to play a clean game. If you do that, you will be in a position to win against anybody you have on your schedule. Because you're exactly right. You don't have uh, the superior talent. You don't have the superior team where you can afford to make the mistakes that we've seen happen the last two weeks. Those those mistakes will result in losses, close games. You know, one possession game against NC State, 10-point game. Some could argue a one possession game with the things worked out a little differently um, in the prior. But uh, it's got to be a clean game and all the things that that means.
0: Remember what we were talking about two years ago when the Tigers came to town? This is a memory test,
2: Keith. I have no memory, Tommy. I only have recall. Get me started.
0: The game didn't happen because of COVID and Dabo accused FSU of chickening out.
2: Remember that? Uh, I remember so we have,
0: that. We have progressed in two years. We have progressed in
2: two years. I had <laughs> forgotten that, but now that you remind me, the thing I didn't ever figure out, did you ever figure out was their money exchanged or did everybody just pay their own stuff? I, I don't know. I don't know. Because there was conversation, I, I, I want to say from Dabo, that if they had to go home without paying, somebody was going to pay for it. Well, the
0: one thing that did happen in light of that is they changed the protocols and the COVID testing so that all the results would be in before the visiting team got on a plane and flew from point A to point B. So that, that did happen. I, I was just thinking about the last decade, and we just saw him a couple weekends ago. E.J. Manuel is here. He was the star in the 2012 game against Clemson. The 2014 game is the one that Jameis didn't play in, and Clemson should have won, but they didn't. Carlos Williams and the Knowles won it in overtime. 2016 right. is a game that FSU probably was going to win as Dalvin Cook went nuts were it not for the controversial flag that was thrown on Freddie Stevenson for a block as FSU was coming back.
2: About 14, fields down the, 14 yards down the field.
0: Yeah, and 2018, I can't make a case for FSU because that's when we all got our firsthand look at Trevor Lawrence and he was pretty damn good. So that's, that's sort of the last decade of FSU versus Just Despite
2: London. the haircut, despite and, the haircut or lack thereof
0: yeah in in Tallahassee so anyway I, I'm I'm excited to see this game we're gonna have Kurt Weiler join us in our next segment our Osceola Insider and uh, we'll concentrate on football and then a little bit later in the program we'll shift our attention to uh, some FSU volleyball and hear from one of the uh, most experienced players not just for FSU but in the country Emily Ryan she's going to join us so all that is straight ahead we are just getting started invite you to kick back relax and stay with us here on Front Row
3: some battles are worth fighting they build character and teach important lessons other times the more we resist the longer we stay stuck when a simple change would change everything is your bank holding you back try my bank prime meridian bank changing is easy we'll show you how prime meridian bank tallahassee crawfordville and on the web at trymybank.com member fdic
4: Fall is in the air, football season's here, and your best deals are still at Hobson Chevrolet in K-Road, Georgia. Whether you're tailgating at the game or taking a trip, we got what you need. With new vehicles rolling in daily and the best used car inventory in North Florida and South Georgia, it's a great time to buy. Looking for a truck? How about the RST or the Trailblazer, LTZ, High Country, or the ZR2? We've always got the right truck for you. So whether it's sales or service, come by and see us or check us out at HobsonChevrolet.com. Buy and service your Chevrolet the Hobson way.
1: Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith.
0: Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. Tom and Keith with you. Pleased to be joined by our Osceola Insider this week, Kurt Weiler, as we open up that Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, Ensuring Your Future Together, and Kurt, good to see you. Have you uh, recovered? And and maybe more importantly, did you get some good barbecue while you were in Raleigh?
5: I, I, I stopped by the pit. I did get some good barbecue. It's uh, it took a minute to recover, just the way things worked out. I landed back in Tallahassee at about twelve thirty on uh, on I guess Monday morning, technically. So uh, kind of get thrown right into the week with
0: how they line things up here. But I think I'm good now. I know Keith and I talked a little about this in the first segment, and and we did our Sunday show as well, and 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 you've debriefed on this game Uh, when you play a close game like that you can always point to a thousand things was it a coach's call was it the pass was it a a drop was it a a penalty all those things but what we're the, the more obvious thing is when you're not the most talented team you just have no little or no room or margin for error I mean would you agree that's kind of where Florida State is and as we look forward to Clemson I mean they don't have to be perfect but they got to be pretty close to it. And Clemson maybe has to be a little off. I think forced to be off, but that's kind of how that feels like it sets up.
5: Yeah, I think, uh, I think Mike Norvell kind of realized that talking about that yesterday. I mean, just the importance of the details, be it the lapses in judgment. Not that I think any of the penalties were horrific, but some stuff of maybe just going a bit too far with the intensity that some of those guys play with, or like you said, the drops or some of the uh, decisions, whatever you think of them. I mean, just like the... The details are going to be key. I mean, obviously, the Las Vegas seems to think that it should be a fairly close game. And and I think obviously we've seen, I mean, the fact that Florida State's been right in it with two ranked opponents, despite playing pretty sloppy games on both accounts in different ways against Wake Forest and NC State, I think speaks to, I mean, they can play with this Clemson team. But I think, yeah, it is going to take that kind of game for sure.
2: We talked about in the first segment, and this will be no uh, revelation to you, but Mike uses the term, you got to play clean football. you got to play clean football. And I think the biggest takeaway is that if FSU can play clean, and they've proven they can, they've done it in both the NC State and the Wake games for periods of time. But if they can put 60 minutes of clean football together, they can play with Clemson or anybody else in the country. But it takes that kind of focus.
5: Yeah, it does. And I mean, I think uh, we saw it really. I mean, I think we saw a pretty clean team in that run of games, I would say really up to the Florida game last year. I mean, we've seen, I think, a stretch where they were better with the penalties, where they were better with taking care of the ball. I mean, obviously the receivers, that was their first not, I, I would dare say that probably was the first time they weren't like really good this year. I mean, they had been pretty consistently good. And a lot of stuff lined up on the, uh, on the same day, uh, pretty unfortunately, but uh,
0: yeah, it is definitely going to take a clean game. It's been a lot made about the demeanor of Jordan Travis here of late Curt. And I'll add the disclaimer that I'm always on the sideline. And so I don't see that sometimes I go back and watch the TV copy, but not all the time, but I'm not always standing right there to see what goes on, but this is an oversimplification, but, when things go well and you score, uh, there's a lot of smiles and high fives. And when they don't, there's a lot of concerned looks, and sometimes they're not the easiest conversations. Are are we blowing this out of proportion that Jordan's upset? He threw an interception, they lost the game, or do you think there's something here? I think it's mostly being – I mean, especially – I think the first one was like the one where they caught on the cameras.
5: I know, like Norvell talking to Travis on the sideline, and it didn't look like he had the, shall we say, the happiest look on his face. And I don't even think – I think – it's easy for people to see Mike Carvel talking to the quarterback after an interception like that. Uh, and, and, and them thinking that it's about what he's saying in re, in it's quite possible. That was just about Jordan being mad at himself and that that was not nothing happening on the sidelines there. And that was just, yes, he was frustrated because he made a mistake and he hasn't made a ton of those this year. I mean, that was, I would say that, that first interception was his worst pass of the year by a mile. And that speaks to, I think how, how good he's been, how well he's, He's taking care of the ball. His first interception wasn't really his fault at all. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting, Mike, and I'll talk a little about that yesterday. I'm kind of just like, you know, like, I am different with my guys on game day than I am at practice. He He admitted, like, I can be a little harder on them in practice. In a game, it's about communication, and that's key.
2: Well, I would prefer to have a quarterback that's upset over having made a bad pass than one that's not. Uh, I think what has taken some of us back is that we've not seen Travis express much emotion. I'm told that he is also much more emotional at practice than he is during the game. I don't know if that's true or factual, but um, I, I did watch the conversation very closely when he came off of the field, and uh, I would categorize it as, a, as really a coach calming down a player. Yeah. even though I couldn't say see what the word I couldn't hear what the words were being said just the body movement because Travis was very ticked at himself there is no question
5: and and I mean dare I say for uh, it felt like there was something weird on the route there that was one of a few times in the game where I mean there were a few receivers in the same space I think both times I noticed that it was Johnny Wilson and Micah Pittman who were just in in a similar space and the problem with that is that's going to bring a bunch of defenders into one space and that's kind of what uh what happened there. But yeah, I think I, I agree. I I don't, I, I am not coming over out overly concerned. I wonder if we'll uh, talk to Jordan. We normally talk to him on Wednesdays. I wonder if we will tomorrow and kind of what he will provide, what context he might provide on that.
0: Which leads me, it reminds me, it's time to point out folks as you're listening that we are recording this interview on Tuesday uh, with, with Kurt Weiler. Um, Kurt, what's, what's the, so, I mean, as we stack this up, Clemson has the clear advantage at the line of scrimmage, both sides of the ball. Uh, I think more of the conversation is about how is FSU's offense going to move the ball in the Clemson defense than it is about how is the FSU defense going to stop the Clemson offense, but they're both challenges. But sticking with FSU and the offensive side of the ball, how do they move? What, what does a game plan look like? And, and I want to be fair because I went into NC State thinking Florida State wouldn't be able to run the ball, and they had 166 yards at halftime. So they, they, they know what they're doing offensively in terms of the coaching staff, but it feels like it's got to be a, a little bit different recipe, and and maybe they have to throw rather than, than, than just uh, pound their head into the line of scrimmage. I think it will be a case for
5: sure of throwing to be able to run instead of as to where sometimes you run to be able to throw. And it felt like at times that's what Florida state was trying to do against NC state. And it felt that contributed somewhat to the, uh, the shutout in the second half that they pitched. But yeah, no, I mean, I think Clemson secondary, I, 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 uh, I, I may have been guilty of this too on social media reacting too strongly to that weight game because I know Clemson was without a few starters in the secondary, uh, and obviously, I think some of them have come back. I think Andrew McCubba has come back since then, and maybe a few other guys as well. They'll be healthier on that front, and but but I still think they are exploitable. I think I mean, like you said, I think the strength of that that front four uh, of the defense is the front four, and they've been really good. I mean, they're one of the best run stopping teams in the country. They get a lot of pressure. It'll be a challenge for uh, that offensive line. It'll be, I mean, I, it will be. I would say even a little tougher than that LSU challenge. We you say going into that LSU game, talking about, I mean, that was an, that's a line loaded with future NFL players. And, uh, I mean, you saw it, but you also saw the offensive line. I think they didn't technically allow a sack. They allowed some pressures, but they gave Jordan enough time. The receivers did their job, and I think that's uh, going to be the case again because uh, I think I saw a David Hale stat. I'll shout out David Hale say, uh, I think FSU has 20 designed runs this year, longer than the longest one Clemson has allowed. So that's going to be an interesting matchup there. I mean, obviously, Norvell and Co. have done really well at scheming in the run game, but it's going to be about as hard as it ever is in this Clemson game.
2: The down, the the upside rather, uh, is that you can roll out Travis, you can boot, you can do some things that you maybe can't do with your traditional pocket passer. And as you're doing that, you can find ways to keep him in the pocket, but throw. Quicker releases on longer routes, and allow receivers to run under the ball. I like the opportunity that's presented. I d- I really hope Florida State doesn't get into the habit of just keeping Travis in the pocket because I think Clemson will find a way to tee off on it.
5: Yeah, fans were definitely a uh, uh, not frustrated, but just like ready to see him use the legs and be like, it's great that Jordan is an improved passer this year, but you want to see it show up with what he's able to do with his uh with his legs. I mean, obviously you saw with how much the NC state linebackers on that one read option, they went for what, 70 yards, how they all bid on the running back. None of them thought Jordan was going to keep it. And I mean, obviously that is still a, a major asset for him. He was out without the knee brace last week. I would assume will be again this week. And I think is definitely a, that could be maybe a bit restricting. And, and yeah, I think it's a major asset of, I mean, the, uh, some of the Houdini acts that he pulls escaping from the pocket. I think we saw him some in the Clemson game last year. It was funny there. I mean, the road games where you hear the crowds who think they're always that, that he's done and he somehow manages to escape and turns it into a big play will be, I think, a, a major factor, especially with how good the receivers have largely been this season.
2: The other part of it, uh, Kurt, is that you can roll him in stopping, and you can do uh, play action and move one way and stop. He is really good at writing himself, um, positioning himself, and then delivering the ball like it's from the pocket but it's three or four yards outside of the pocket. Uh, he's as good as I've ever seen at repositioning and doing himself in that way. I hope they'll use some of that as well.
5: I think, I think it's quite possible. I mean, he throws on the run pretty well. He, I mean, he had the one play I think of the opening drive the NC state game where he, he rolls out in the design rollout and then ends up, they lose contain and he just gets back to the other side and there's no one there and picks up a pretty big gain. I, I mean, if you're going to beat Clemson, it feels like using all of Jordan Travis's
0: skill set is going to be a big part of that for sure. No question. And if they do do the unthinkable and beat Clemson, all of a sudden we'll all be feeling great. They'll be five and two going into bye week, right? So um, it's going to be a big atmosphere this week. I'm I'm excited about that. I, I reminded Keith, uh, I'm sure you've uh, dived into this already, Kurt, but uh, two years ago, That was fun when Clemson and FSU were scheduled to play and did not play. So at least we're talking about on-field action this year. Well, and do you remember, I mean, talk about how far things have come in two years.
5: Do you remember what the spread of that game was? It was 35 points. Is that right? The game that wasn't played. Yes, it was a five-touchdown spread. So some of that, I think Clemson obviously doesn't have Trevor Lawrence, has come back down to earth a little. It's also a testament to how much Florida State's come. And I mean, the fact that I think a lot of people think this could be a game Saturday.
0: Well, I think you bring up a good point that we don't want to appreciate in the moment, but last year, Louisville crushed FSU, certainly in the first half, and this year, FSU beat them. And the NC State game was, ultimately, it was two touchdowns. This one, we all, I think, and even NC State fans probably think FSU should have won that game. Uh, Wake Forest was a 10-point game, but last year, it w- it was, what was it, 35-10. So, I mean, there there is some progress just year over year, but ultimately, you want to get the win. So, uh we've only got a minute and a half left here keith but defensively how do you expect florida state to play uh dju here is this uh sit back is this blitz be aggressive what do you expect to see from adam fuller's troops
2: i i personally i've been interested in kurt's quick comment but i personally say you sit back you pick some times to rush him but i make him beat me with his arm i i'm scared to death of him beating me with his legs i, I just am i know he's may not have the reputation for being the greatest runner he's not Richardson from Florida. He's not Malik from Louisville, but he's still dangerous.
5: For As big as he is, he does move really well, and that's a concern. I think it's interesting. I mean, he's definitely improved. That offense has definitely improved where it was a year ago. But last week, they were up 10-3 on Boston College at half. So it's not like they're coming in as world beaters. Maybe they were looking ahead. I don't know. I mean, obviously, we, we saw that Boston College team here, and we saw them kind of give Clemson the game there for a little bit. So uh, he's improved. He's definitely – I think the receivers have grown a little. The tight ends have helped him. But uh, it will be interesting to see how they
0: approach him because it's uh, a tall task all around, especially Will Shipley. You can follow uh, all of Kurt's uh, work uh, at the Osceola. We appreciate it, sir, Osceola Insider. Uh, we'll see you Saturday at the big game. Thanks, guys. All right, more front row Noles right after this. Stay with us.
3: Loading the kids in the car. Brokering peace in the back seat. Mastering the snack handoff without even looking. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things like figuring out what's growing in that cup holder. That's simple human sense.
0: Ask the Earl Bacon Agency in Tallahassee if auto owners is right for you or visit us online at earlbacon.com.
3: Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons other times the more we resist the longer we stay stuck when a simple change would change everything is your bank holding you back try my bank prime meridian bank changing is easy we'll show you how prime meridian bank tallahassee Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com member fdic Be
1: sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios.
0: Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. Tom Block and Keith Jones with you, and we will keep that Earl Bacon Agency hotline open and say hello to our next guest who is a star in the FSU volleyball team Emily Ryan joins us she is uh, a middle blocker on this seminal team and uh, working on her graduate degree at Florida State how are you Emily
6: I'm great thanks for having me
0: you bet you bet so walk us through your uh, your collegiate journeys here because you grew up on the east coast as best I could tell but yet you spent the last five years at UCLA uh, which I don't think many of us could argue with but now you're back uh, more east coast at FSU for your final year uh, how did that journey evolve to, to where you are right now?
6: Um, well, it all started back with my little sophomore high school self. Um, I knew deep down I wanted to be away from home for a little bit, even though I'm a type of person that does get homesick repeatedly every time I leave home. I'm a very homebody human, but I knew I wanted something different. I knew I wanted something that was out of my comfort zone. It was the time for me to like grow into the mature young adult that I am today um, by my end of my sophomore year, year going to my junior year, I committed to UCLA, which was by far no regrets whatsoever. I loved the journey that it took me on. Um, It definitely taught me a lot of things. It made me realize how to be the person I am today um, by using my voice, being not my shy self. I'm definitely, if you met me, Five years ago, I wouldn't be able to do a podcast like this, talk in front of anyone. I, it wasn't my thing to do. Um, I was very close shelled. Um, Then going into my COVID season, I realized I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, My parents, on the other hand, were like, no matter what, you have another year, like you're going to go for it. Um, At that point, I definitely was like facing a lot of discouraging in myself. Because I was like, all right, like my body's been through a lot. I've been doing this for nine plus years at this point. Like, does my body still have it in me? And my parents, my dad played college football at Lake Forest. My mom was just a supportive human. Um, Love her dearly, but she didn't really ever play sports. She played like club volleyball and whatever. But um, my younger sister, who I always want to keep on her toes, but also motivated at all times because I am like who she looks up to she plays volleyball at Bryant University so she was always the one that's like you can't give up we're not quitters in my family like my dad has always said like fall down seven times get up eight no matter what you keep trying and so going into the sweet 16 um, last December I guess we were playing we were going to play to Wisconsin and that was the moment I realized like I can't end my career here like no matter what like I need to be at my fullest potential. I need to put everything out there. I still felt like my story was still needing to be be written. Um, So I had put my name in the transfer portal. First of all, it was a scary process. I felt like I was a freshman year all over again. Um, But I had lots of opportunities to go to, and I knew – I felt, it felt right that I would finish off on the East Coast. Like it felt like I was doing a full circle, getting to be able to come closer to home, seeing family come to watch my games, being able to like see my friends that all go to East Coast schools and like knowing my parents aren't paying thousands of dollars to see me for two days. Um, Instead, they get to drive and go back and forth between my sister and I playing. Um, So, so far this season has been a dream come true of what I want for closure For myself and being able to play with a group of girls that are so family oriented is probably the best thing for me because it feels like I'm, for what I've said, like I'm very family oriented. I love like the warm hug from each other and like still being able to motivate each other and push each other to our fullest potential and like being able to be with a team that like, you know, everyone has your back and there's not one person that like is left out. And that's a, that was new for me because there was always like groupies, and like for this team, it's like one group. And I've never been happier, and I can't wait to see what we have in store for us for the rest of the season.
2: Well, M, I can call you M, right? That's that's yes, what sir. your teammates call you.
6: Yes, sir. I,
2: I'm going to tell you something that will solidify that you made the right choice, because you and I have not met.
6: No, we haven't. Not till today.
2: But I was born in Bethesda, Maryland. Really. And so we have that connection for our listeners. That's, uh, that's M's hold pal. So 40 years uh, before you, uh, came upon the earth, I was born in Bethesda, Maryland. So you're exactly where you're supposed to be, Tommy. i I'm, that's what I'm saying. Hey, and i will tell coach pool, the same thing
0: yeah, Not now for this, them. for the sake of Emily and our listeners, but someday you have to explain to me how you were born in Bethesda, but raised in wildwood, Florida with, with no D's in
2: wildwood. Another story for another day. Um, Another story for another day. Talk about that camaraderie. That's the thing that's very interesting to me. You're a newcomer. You're you've only been here a short number of times. How in the world can this team has embraced you like they have?
6: I think when I went into the process of the transfer portal, that was me being my most vulnerable self. I don't like being vulnerable unless it's to my family. My Significant other, like my sister, my sister and I barely ever get vulnerable with each other. So when I had to let every wall down that I've ever had put up, I knew like this is the only way like things are going to get done. So I came in um, January, yeah, January. I came to FSU to look at it and to go on my official visit, and I told the girls I was like, I'm going to be as open as I can ever be for you. I'm gonna be as vulnerable as I can, so you know where I'm coming from, what I've grown with for five years, and what I'm looking forward to in this next year. And they were very accepting of it. I, on the other hand, was nervous the whole time, palms sweating, anxiety kicking in. I was like, "This is not for me." Fight or flight. Everything was like happening. I was like, "Oh God!" Like, how do I like know that this is the team I need to be with? Um, I asked one of the girls. I said, "If you were." in a weird situation like you didn't know like you just felt lost could you rely on this team like could you rely on every single girl to be there for you and they were like absolutely like I'm fully on board this these girls like won't let anyone like left behind no one's gonna feel like they're out of a little group like hang out whatever like we can literally text anyone and be like hey does someone want to go get coffee like hey like do we want to have a movie night like this is the group of girls that I haven't been with since high school. Like I've had the like best friends every year, but then my best friends would transfer out. So then I would have to like find new best friends because as we know, California is a big, like fake till you make it. Like I loved that team. Those girls I've ever played with. Like I loved the atmosphere that UCLA brought, but I felt like I was missing the family orientation. And like, for me, like to be my best, I Even if I'm overwhelmed on a court, I'm not a person that gets serious and like angry. I have to like giggle it off because when I play serious and angry, I don't play well because I get caught up in my head, like, oh my God, I'm doing poorly. But at the end of the day, it's like, if I'm doing bad, what can I give back to this team? And these girls have taught me a lot already, like how they respond to, they rather respond to like our players differently from our coaches. Like, how do I support you as a player? but I'm also supporting you as an older sister. Like for the freshman, I'm six years older than them. And that like spooks me out because I'm like, I feel like a grandma. Like I've never been like the grandma (laughs) of the team and all of them are like, like I'll go up to CP every day. I'm like, Hey, like, how are we doing? And he's like the girl, like everyone loves you. Everyone responds. Great. Like with even with summer camps, like I left a mark on so many like little teams and like their coaches and noting that like, FSU has such this big bubble of supporters and like people that will continue to respond and respect and like support us as players is like the biggest warm hug I could ask for. And knowing that I have 12 more games left in NCAA, which is terrifying to think about, but I've never been more excited to know like where we are right now with these girls.
0: Well, let's let's talk a little bit about where you are uh, for our listener state. We're chatting with Emily Ryan from the Florida State volleyball team who spent. Five years at UCLA. This is her sixth year. She's, she's spending it at FSU. I don't think they're going to give you a seventh year, by the way, at this point. But the, the FSU team is is 12-5. Uh, and five. You've got a road trip to Virginia and Pitt coming up this weekend. I think when I looked at the RPI, I don't know, it's between 25 and 35, maybe somewhere for FSU. So positioning yourself for the postseason. But uh, give us a thumbnail sketch of what this team is all about.
6: I would say, um, thumbnail sketch, we are definitely about making sure there is full execution in everything that we do, whether that's on the court, in the weight room, in the locker room, we're always positive self-talk has been a big thing for me. Um, when I see people getting down on themselves, I like say like, Hey, like, even though you might not be enjoying this one thing right now, you've been killing it, blocking or hitting or on the other half of their job. Um, I would say that this team, I'll keep repeating it. I'll repeat it a million times if I have to, is the fact that they have everyone's back. I've never trusted a group of girls so much with anything. Um, I think these, this coaching staff is incredible. It's a great balance between like intensity and calmness while also having the energy and execution to know how to prepare for each team coming forward. Um, and I think with, the, with these girls, with this team, with the staff, I think everyone's there to be trust. Like everyone trusts each other. Everyone supports each other. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's a big thing off of like positive energy at all times as much as we can.
2: M, you had some great, the team has had great success in Tully, struggled right. somewhat on the road. You got two, these two road games coming up. Is this kind of a really important stretch for this, the squad as you get ready for the postseason?
6: Yes. Um, especially Pittsburgh. Pitt will be our tough one of the weekend. Um, Virginia is still a great team to play. Um, coaches have definitely put the bold and highlight all over page for Pitt. Um, that was their big team against that they had played last year. That there were times where the, they struggled, but were able to power through it. Um, I'm not re- sh- well. I'm not really sure of what the outcome was. Um, but knowing that they're so adamant to make sure that we're ready for these games shows that like they know we have what we have what we can do i do believe that we can win both of these games it's just really all about making sure that we're in the right mindset going into them
0: emily ryan from the florida state volleyball team we wish you good luck we uh we're glad that your uh your uh, stay at fsu i'll be a brief one has been a good one what are you what are you getting your master's in by the way or what are you studying right now with, with the transfer to fsu
6: Uh, Totally. I'm getting my master's in sports management. I'm hoping to work with either the NFL or MLB in either operations or media. Uh, So far, I've liked both aspects of it. Um, So postseason coming into the spring, I'll hopefully have an internship with our baseball team to get that experience um, for once I graduate.
2: Well, you might you might ask Mr. Block what he has his master's in.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, be careful, because my master's is in sport management from FSU, so you might end up on this podcast. Uh, we're going to wish you better luck than that, though, <laughs> and in- <laughs> enjoy the rest of your uh, your career at FSU and your career in general, and for our listeners' sake, should point out, while the team is on the road this weekend, they are back home next weekend, uh, which I guess is the 21st and 23rd, so there's, there's four or five more home matches to go, and, and we hope they go excellent for you. Thanks so much for joining us today.
6: Thank you so much for having me, guys.
0: All right, we'll take a break. Come back and finish up Front Row Knowles. Stay with us.
4: Fall is in the air. Football season's here, and your best deals are still at Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Whether you're tailgating at the game or taking a trip, we got what you need. With new vehicles rolling in daily and the best used car inventory in North Florida and South Georgia, it's a great time to buy. Looking for a truck? How about the RST or the Trailblazer, LTZ, High Country, or the ZR2? We've always got the right truck for you. So whether it's sales or service, come by and see us or check us out at HobsonChevrolet.com. Buy and service your Chevrolet the Hobson way.
1: Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with Auto Owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Ask the Earl Bacon Agency in Tallahassee if Auto Owners is
0: right for you or visit us online at earlbacon.com.
1: Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios.
0: Back on Front Row Knowles, still about 10 minutes to go as Keith and I finish things up. Appreciate Kurt Weiler from the Osceola joining us and also Emily Ryan. Uh, from the volleyball team. Chris, side note to volleyball, Keith, I don't know what it is about FSU. Uh, I shouldn't have been surprised, but I read recently, Chris Poole is actually the second winningest active coach in NCAA college volleyball right now, at least on the women's side of the ledger. And uh, I don't know how it happens, but, I mean, FSU has gone through Bobby and Joanne Graf and Mike Martin, and, and here's Chris Poole that's right up there in the top
2: two. Well, it, it speaks to the fact that we don't give enough attention and pay enough attention to the to the game of volleyball. Um, I'm getting a little bit indoctrinated to it because my oldest granddaughter Harper is playing at the middle school level. So I've been going to some matches and learning some things. The other thing that impresses me about Coach Poole, and, and you know, we talk about recruiting and that type of thing, but but Emily Ryan is is an all-Pac 12 performer. And however she made the decision to leave UCLA, that's one of the top five, or certainly one of the top ten volleyball programs in the country and you can't tell this on the radio but but Emily's 6 foot 4 and she has she has some hops and you go down his roster and just look at the height and then look at the 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 setters and and the 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 ones that are you know on the back line digging he knows how to recruit and so it's no surprise that he would be one of the winningest coaches it's just that you know volleyball doesn't get its fair share of notoriety
0: uh, Keith, this may surprise you, but on the radio, I'm actually 6'3". And well, 85. on the radio,
2: I weigh 187 pounds, so yeah, we've got good. that going for me,
0: too. <laughs> All right, uh, bear with us, listeners. Let's get back to uh, to, to football coming up uh, this weekend, Keith. Florida State, Clemson, uh, Peter Warwick is uh, coming to this game, by the way. Side note, we're going to see him on Langford Green, I think, uh, as part of the festivities on Saturday. Uh, I look back at that Boston College game, not not – what happened between the lines, the atmosphere was tremendous. And so that alone, and that was Boston College. I know it was family weekend. That alone has me fired up for what this atmosphere is going to be like on Saturday night, Keith.
2: Well, a a selfless plug for my school of graduation, the College of Business. Uh, The dedication for the new Legacy Hall building is taking place on Friday afternoon. So you've got a number of business school uh, alumni and friends coming in for that. Uh, You've got a night game, which harkens back to the old days of when we used to kick at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. You've got an opponent in Clemson that you've not had success against, but it's also an opponent that Florida State's fans have kind of warmed up to. You know, we have the the natural rivalry with Florida and and the one that developed with Miami because of of how the games went. Uh, Clemson's a newer rivalry from the standpoint of it being ACC-focused. But I think our fan base identifies with the Clemson fan base, you know, as close to, to the Florida fan base or maybe even more. Uh, our fans enjoy going up there to the games. Their fans enjoy coming down here for, for the games. Uh, I agree. I think it's going to be a pretty unique, uh, pretty unique uh, surroundings in Dope Campbell Stadium come Saturday night.
0: You know, I gave the little descriptor on what these past Clemson games have been like. I, I only went to 12. I forgot the 2010 game was the Dustin Hopkins walk-off, uh, which you won't call a walk-off. You'll call it something else. But he wanted it at the wire anyway.
2: So let that, me tell that, you something. That kick, I, I was in the press box. That kick is the greatest field goal attempt I've ever seen either as a player or as a broadcaster. Because when he hit that ball, it sounded like Janikowski. Janikowski just had a different sound when he hit the ball because of the power in that leg. And and when that ball was struck in 2010, it was it's as high a field goal as I've ever seen, and it is as powerful a field goal as I've ever seen. And it it's like the perfect drive, which I've had one or maybe two in my entire golfing career. You just know. And we hit that thing. You just knew it, it was remarkable. Remember
0: Florida state, they didn't have the IPF at that point. So they had the rubber room where they do mat drills and whatnot in the athletic center. And that's where they do walkthroughs. And all they ever did with that play was walk through it. They never actually executed it in practice and then they called it and that was the result. So how's that for working out? Okay.
2: Well, you, if you go back and look at the punt Ruski, That's not a play you would call with the conditions the way they were. There was rain. The field was wet. There's always a chance that somebody slips or you mishandle the ball because it's going from different angles. Obviously, uh, people that are used to handling the ball, with the exception of Butler, um, that's not a time or a condition that you call that play. So, uh, yeah, uh, the remarkable usually ends up being remarkable because there's a backstory.
0: Dane Williams was the up back, right? On the rooster. That's team? correct. Yep. And then his son went and played at Clemson, right? Do I have that right? I think I believe board. that is
2: also correct. Yes.
0: Yeah. So there there are some connections here. I mean, the, the reason this has become a rivalry is because in the nineties it was it was one sided, and then Clemson started winning its share. And unfortunately now they've won more than their share. So we, we got to put an end to that. And and, and uh, uh I, I hate the fact this will be a good problem in the end if we get there, Keith. But if you can beat Clemson and you really do finish strong this season, you might look back at what happened in Raleigh of being two points away from being a division champ. Now, that's a lot of things would have to happen. But, uh, again, I guess that would be a good scenario if we're looking back, uh, thinking about what went wrong in Raleigh.
2: Well, and the other thing that also adds to the rivalry is is Bobby versus Tommy. We we don't need to leave that out. Um, You know, that was the first time father-son – People forget that that was supposed to be Tommy versus Terry. Florida State was supposed to play Auburn the, either the year before or two years before, uh, but Auburn canceled that contract. And I'm not saying they didn't want to play Florida State. I'm not couching it that way. But uh, originally, it was going to be Bobby versus Terry in terms of father-son. ended up being Bobby versus Tommy.
0: Keith, we, we're neglecting the fact that the real reason this is a rivalry is because Jimbo Fisher started his college career as a baseball player at Clemson. That gonna
2: go is that? what gonna go with that? You're going to go with that?
0: I'm, of of all the things, that's really what binds these two programs together.
2: Oh, Tommy! I'm glad I don't live in your brain.
0: I know. I don't know why <laughs> why I took it there. Anyway, um, I think we're out of time for this week. Uh, it's going to be fun Saturday night. It's going to be electric. Be a good atmosphere. Uh, be a great atmosphere. Just hope that Florida. How about if we just come out like we did against BC and return the opening kick? Can we do that and just go from there?
2: I, I would be happy with that. Uh, that would uh, that would tickle my fancy, as uh, they like to say.
0: Yeah, and then uh, we can just continue the same script. Uh, Folks, we appreciate you tuning in each and every week. Thanks to Kurt Weiler. Thanks to uh, Emily Ryan. We'll recap this show uh, on Sunday. One of the great things about podcasts, Keith, we don't have to commit to a time. So that Sunday show will come your way at some point around the lunch hour.
2: The the better thing, Tommy, is is I get to do it by Zoom and I don't have to see your ugly mug in person. I can just see it on a screen. The joys of
0: radio. Yeah, exactly. He's Keith. I'm Tom. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.